Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And welcome everybody into a Friday edition of Spits and Suds. We celebrate today. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by EP Ringside, Chap Shots, D Magazine's Sean Shapiro as he's wrapping up his work on this Friday. He's got a big smile on his face. Sean, did you know that in 2022, the Buffalo Bills held their opponents to 10 points or less? And that's football where you get seven. So what an interesting game last night. What an offensive explosion. <laughs> was uh what was the number? It was the second time in uh second or third time in Dallas history that they've hit ten goals, right? Yeah. Like I saw the number was popped out there. Like the not the um the highest goal scoring franchise mark was like all the way back in nineteen eighty one when the Minnesota North Stars North Stars scored fifteen. Uh, ironically enough, as of today, Gavin, today is the uh, 30th anniversary of the North Stars officially moving to Dallas. Did you know that? No, today, March 10th. No. Today is officially the 30th anniversary of the of, of, of the franchise moving to Dallas. So Shout it's, out, it's Norm Green. To, yeah, perfect day to record a podcast. Perfect day to come off scoring 10 goals. Um, and uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> What a weird, fun way to start a weird, fun road trip, right? We talked about it. They're going on this road trip where it starts in Buffalo. They're flying to Seattle today. And uh, you're against a team in the East who is pushing for one of those playoff spots. And you hang 10 on them. Like, it was... uh, Yeah. It was kind of it's 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 one of those games where, like, you get... I think I can't remember which goal it was. It was, like, goal, like, seven or eight where it's, like, like they scored and it like you like it zoomed in on hints and he like just is like nah, we scored again. <laughs> yeah. So. It was I mean, it was all star game like. And I mean, like both sides at yes. times too. I mean yes. I Don Granado that like the Sabres made no adjustments. It was just like they didn't slow the stars down. Uh Razor pointed it out several times in the broadcast. So, you know, I'm gonna say what he said. I mean yeah. They were giving the stars so much room right in front of the Sabres netminder. I mean, they they could skate around. There was no physicality. There was just, it, it was like, it's just, my God, if I'm like a Sabres fan, I'm like, I, you take all your money and put it in defense because you clearly, you know, third in offense on the league, fourth in power play. You have weapons. We saw that last night, even though, Tage Thompson, you know, 
didn't have his best game, let's just say. But at the same time, you're like, my God, play some defense. But, you know, I mean, hey, we'll take it. And you could see the Stars' confidence just continue to build. Because what's interesting is, is that there was a kind of a rough call. I mean, it was a high stick, but... Within the first seconds of the game, it was a Colin Miller stick, but Rupe Hentz went in the box uh, for two minutes. And, like, you know, we forget that because they scored 10 goals, but that was kind of a massive power play kill to, you know, create momentum to start the game. Yeah, you're, you're, it's funny. You're, you're going back to stuff early in the game, and I'm trying to have to just rack my I know, brain. it's like, weird. It's like, it's like, it's just there's so much that went on, but it's, you're right. It's, 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 you kill that early penalty. You, you get you get through that, and that's still what that was. Is that twenty four twenty? It was like something like less than a minute into the game. Oh right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think like, there was like twenty twenty five seconds into the game. Yeah, and so you you kill that, and then everything kind of. It's the amazing thing about how this game goes, right? Like normally you look at games that are high scoring and the seven, six, eight games, like it usually starts a little bit earlier than this, right? Like I think. I think the fact of the matter is a lot of, if you watch the first 19 minutes of this game, there's only one goal in the first 19 minutes of this game. Like why Johnston scores the goal yeah. what is like seven, seven or eight minutes in. Yeah. And that's the only goal in the first 19 minutes. Yeah. So like, and there's the flurry between Pavelski, Ben and Greenway right. and everything like that. But like, it's, it's, it was such a weird game from that perspective where it's like, the first 19 minutes felt like a real hockey game. And then someone just decided to like, like, <laughs> like flip a switch on us. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely. And Ottinger did make some key early saves. I mean, not his best performance, um, mm-hmm. but, and by the way, before I forget, I thought you sent out a really smart uh, tweet last night about Matt Murray playing the third period. I would have been all for that. Give Ottinger the rest. It's a long trip. You got Seattle coming up. They're obviously fighting for a playoff spot as well as far as playoff seating. And, you know, I I think that was a really, you know, I mean, I know you like to keep your guys in there. You like to keep the horses going. But at the same time, that would have been a really nice time to give Ottinger a rest. 100%. Like, as I said in the tweet, like, it's not even like a, uh, and uh, as, as I said, like, it, it goes against a lot of the hockey like ethos of like you keep your guys in and everything like that. Yeah. But in other sports, and for whatever reason, it's just like it's a it's a goalie thing or whatever. Like in other sport, if if uh, if the Cowboys are up by thirty points in the fourth quarter, you're putting in the second string quarterback. If the in in baseball, if you've got if 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 you guys if you're crew if you're if you're cruising and you're up 10, you're up 10, 10 runs in the eighth inning, you're not bringing out the closer. Like yeah. I, I, I just, it's, it's to me just from a, you're up five, two, you got a team that, and I know people, some people responded on Twitter. Oh, what if they lose? Like they're up five, two, like you're, you're up five, two. And Matt Murray, it's not Matt Murray's first NHL game. He played pretty well against Chicago last week. Right. And don't you want Jake? Don't you want Jake? Ott- I, I want to fully rest Jake Ottinger as much as rested as possible for that yep. two for next week in Seattle. And, so and I want Matt I, Murray to get reps. Exactly. So I, I, I think I just, it's, we don't do it because it's hockey, but right. it's something where just other sports in that same scenario. If I, if I mentioned to you like, Oh, Hey, let's pull, let, let's, let's play the second string quarterback in the fourth quarter. Okay. 
there's there's no question at all. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not like it's baseball where your starters going and your you know, your starters yeah. just completely shutting them down and you're up five nothing, so you decide to give them rest. You can't put that starter back in. I mean, you know, Jake could go back into the game. So I think mm-hmm. you know, that uh I, I just thought it was a really you know it's so funny, like you pointed out, we forget there's a penalty to begin the game, and I read your tweet, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is smart, you know, because you're just, mm-hmm. like, so, you know, entranced by the Robertson's uh, backhanded yeah. passes and the blind passes and Wyatt Johnston, you know, nearing 20 goals and, and the Miro we always want to see where <laughs> he rushes in deep and makes a great pass to Jamie Benn in front of the net. Um, just all kinds. I mean, just things that we haven't seen. I mean, Suter getting in rebounds, you know, I mean, just random stuff. It all, it all came together. I mean, there was some, there was some great stars fans, including one that reached out to me via Twitter who came down, um, you know, big, uh, listener of spits and suds. So he Thank came, you. thank you for listening. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, he came down for the game, um, he goes by at MB uh, Tendy. Uh, so shout out to you. Came down with his new fiance, and that was kind of their gift was to come down from Canada to uh, watch the game. So uh, I I direct message him this morning. I'm like MB man, you saw a game. He's like that was the greatest hockey experience. So super excited <laughs> for the Stars fans yeah. because I mean even I was like watching last night even before the game got out of control and. You've done it traveling with the stars, but that's yeah. kind of a barn that I've always wanted to go to. Buffalo, you know, I mean, I since they're in the Eshawn, I want Buffalo to be good because I think it's a really good hockey town. You do, and it's 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 also a team too where like you'd like to see. Um, they've gone through so there's been some ups and downs there and everything like that, and I don't. It, it's also, it's one of those teams that. I don't know. I always kind of have a bit of a soft spot for him. Like it, and, and part of it, and maybe it's, maybe it's cause they were kind of, when I was growing up, there was a spot where being a big goalie nerd, I loved watching Hashik play. So they were like kind of low key cool. Cause you could watch Hashik play and everything like that. And like, it's, uh, that's I, I, Buffalo too is just not so great because it's, it's two teams. And while they do have the swords crossing in the, uh, the swords crossing in, in in the in the logo. It's just like them in the Bills, where they use the name of the city essentially yeah. instead of the actual team name. I love it. It's great. No, and those <laughs> uniforms, those uniforms and sweaters last night. I mean, it was just throwing me back to like Adams Division games where like Craig Ludwig from Montreal was playing against them. You know, it's just it was like super cool. Just you know, I love those blue uniforms they have. So I'm going to throw out a bunch of names because with 10 goals, I mean, we could be here all day and you have to go get yourself a nice Friday frosty. So I'm just going to throw out names and you go from there. I'm going to start with the person that, you know, I'd raised my hand and was saying, uh, you know, what's going on. This is a bad contract, but all of a sudden Radic Foxa, 10 goals, (laughs) two goals last night. My goodness. He's got uh right, he's got ten goals yep. and he's got it's interesting. He's got three since they traded for Max Domi and moved him to a role he should be in. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got three and three and three games since he's been moved to that role where he's playing now he's he's more at a 
13, like he's at like 1335 ice time right now. I'm pulled up, I got the game sheet up right now. And I, I know like, I think he was around there the other night against Calgary too. Um, Like I think we're seeing a more relaxed Radic Fox uh, that is uh, willing to, uh, that kind of isn't feeling the pressure that he has to score. And it's kind of one of the, it's kind of the reverse psychology thing. You're not feeling the pressure you have to score and, Maybe he's doing it. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the exacts to it, but I, I do think it's. I, I do think there's something to that, and um, it's he's in a role he should be in after the Domi trade, and that's. And you know what? As much as people, and us included, have talked about Radic Fox's contract and everything like that, he does have that build and that type of thing where you know what. Game six against Winnipeg in the second round. Like, he just <laughs> feels like at some point there's going to be a moment where you're going to be like, you know what? Contract is worth it. You did this at this moment. Like, he just, like, he just feels like there's some moment like they're waiting for him in the future. And I, I hope, yeah. I hope it's, I hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Kivi Ranta with an, another goal last night. And uh, seems as though Ty Delandry has also been a spark. Um, you know, playing, as we mentioned earlier in the week, that Swiss army knife, uh, role, mm-hmm. uh, another name, um, Dodonov. Yeah. Uh, just, just getting it done. I mean, it really reminds me of when Zuccarello came to the club a few years back in a trade, how seamlessly he fit into the stars offense. And I just feel as though this is kind of the same scenario. Yeah, he's he he understands his role. He understands his spot. I think obviously the Zuccarello impact was one of the greatest individual in-game ones I've ever seen. So I'm not I'm not saying it's the exact same. No, Dad right, is right. playing more yeah. game now. Zuccarello's sample size was also incredibly small because he got hurt right away. Uh, but Dadanov, I think, has been the other thing that's um, been great about Dadanov, and I think it's allowed us to. We all look at what he does as a um, well, Dariana was doing nothing, so we're getting this. And then when you get even more than this, you get this and this. Yep. And I know I'm just using the word this over and over again, but whatever. <laughs> like it's it, it fits well. Um, the interesting, like I look at the lineup last night, and somebody like it's just it's something where it's a very interesting spot. Um, I know a lot of coaches sometimes have the, and we'll talk about Tyler Sagan in a minute here, but obviously we'll see what happens with, with Sagan's injury and, and him being out, but it's, uh, it's definitely, it's, it's an interesting space where whenever Luke Lindenning is cleared again, because Luke Lindenning is obviously a well-trusted player that the coaches like a lot. It will be interesting to see if he finds a way back into the lineup, but I know sometimes coaches go like you don't lose your job because of injury or whatever, but is there, anywhere like when you look at that fourth line like i'm not taking obviously i'm not taking delandry out of the lineup i'm not taking kivy ronta out of the lineup and i'm not taking fox out of the lineup right yeah. now like it's 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 a it's a good now it's a good problem to have like obviously right. injuries will happen someone else could come into the game and everything like that but it's it's you look at the lineup last night 10 goals aside <laughs> it's crazy it is to say that and you know, this is a good playoff roster yeah this is this is a good playoff roster right yeah so. And phonetically, I just wrote it out on my paper. Dad, oh, no. (laughs) Every podcast, I F it up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's fit seamlessly. I love uh, Max Domi's energy. That has been terrific. Uh, Just an all-around great effort. Let's get to the Sagan news. Um, Tell us 
you know, what your thoughts are. And this is the, unfortunately, the second time that, you know, he's been cut on his leg. Yeah, he was cut on his leg. Um, I, I once I watched the clip before we hopped on. It's kind of a weird along the boards play. Nothing malicious, obviously, but he gets his leg. He gets his he gets his leg cut on the sliced on the left leg by Jordan Greenway's skate, and uh, it's kind of near the upper part of the leg, kind of north near the knee area. Um, Pete DeBoer after the game last night said it was uh, said it was to said he just got stitched up and, and everything like that, which is, but it's the second time that Sagan has been cut by a skate in his career. Obviously he had the Achilles one that honestly may have cost you. You can Sagan getting cut and not being available for the 2016 playoffs may yeah. have cost the stars a Stanley cup. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's completely possible and comes on the heels of uh Earlier this year, Evander Kane get, getting cut and missing time with by a skate, and it's obviously with where the injury, not knowing exactly where the injury is, and not being, and, and, but but seeing the seeing it happen again to Sagan and the Kane thing, it just brings back the question to me of. Why player, why would you not wear you? We have the technology now. Why aren't you wearing the, well, why aren't all players wearing this Kevlar like cut resistant material? Like it's, it, we have the technology it's available. It's just like under armor. It's not going to hurt. Um, it's, it, it, and it's something where the, like the GMs back in November, they actually discussed like, can we require players to wear this and, and everything like that? And it's, they can't because it's like, they, they can't, it's not, it's not leaked. They, they, there's no, it would, it would require a whole NHL PA thing and everything like that. So the, like the, the PA has always advocated that players get to pick whether they would wear this type of equipment or not, but it's, it's, I, I get it's not required, but if you are going to require your team if, if every team is going to require all their players to wear the shot blockers on their skates, which everyone basically does now, it makes sense. Like, why would you not wear a shot blocker on your skate? It's going to save you from a broken foot, foot potentially. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. would you not wear the Kevlar stuff? And all that being said, who knows exactly? I don't know if, if I, I, I'm not sure. I want to put the caveat here where I don't know if Sagan, I, I would imagine Sagan probably already wears the one. Where's that type on his sock? The Kevlar infused one with within his sock, just based off of the Achilles injury from the past. But it's just it's just another reason to remind us and talk about like you know what? There's a tool out there to avoid this. We have the technology. We should use it. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully, hopefully Sagan is not out for too long. Hopefully, because he's I mean he's been playing well. He's kind of easy. It's. It would be a shame if it would be a shame to have him miss significant time if this was something that was avoidable by simply having a different style of Under Armour or not even under, I'm, I'm not I mean, you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. Under Armour the way someone gets someone like like says Zamboni people Zamboni is a brand Zamboni is not officially the the name of the thing uh, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. early, early predictions yeah. as far as the line juggling and what will happen yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to see, 
you probably have Delandria moves up, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be Delandria moves up. Uh, probably, I would I would imagine Delandria is playing with Marchment, Domi, um, Foxa, and Kiviranta. You're depending on. I believe Glenn Denning's on this trip. I don't know for sure. I'd have to double check. But uh, if if Glenn Denning's not ready, you're probably getting one of the, the old, either mid, probably a Frederick Olison coming up and playing on that fourth line as well. Um, but I would keep the, you keep obviously the the Hintz, Robertson, Pavelski line together. You keep the Ben Johnston, Dadanov line together. And you just kind of elevate Delandria back up again, just because he can do it. So. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. He's Sean Shapiro of Shap Shots, EP Ringside. Follow him on uh, Twitter. This is uh, Spits and Suds. Spread the word about Spits and Suds. Thanks to all of you um, who listen and download and support this program. We truly appreciate it. So we look ahead to the Seattle Kraken. We don't hear much from the Kraken. They're in a battle right now for that third spot along with the Edmonton Oilers currently tied in that position. So this is a huge couple of games. They took a tough loss the other night to the Ottawa Senators, and we call it a kid's game, and youth is prevalent throughout the NHL, but we see a matchup between you know two rookies in uh, Matty Beneers and Wyatt Johnston. Beneers is 20, and uh, Johnston 19 now, I believe. It's a it's a statement. Uh, Matty Beneers is going to win the Calder Trophy. I'm just going to tell everyone right now that's going to happen. Um, he's got, as far as rookies scoring goes and everything like that he leads all rookies in goals by three why it's like three behind him um but then when it comes to points too it's let me make get the exact number right on here because we believe he's got 47 points. 47 points he he he's 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 nine ahead of the field he's 16 ahead of johnston and it's so it's veneers is going to win the calder that's 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 the fact of life Johnston, though, has a chance in this two-game showing to at least give a little bit fuel to that fire. It allows uh, it would allow some folks, myself included, to if Wyatt Johnston has the games you hope he has the next two games in Seattle. It allows us on Tuesday morning to write the hey, Maddie Beneers is obviously deservingly going to win the Calder, but. Don't forget who this about this Wyatt Johnston kid that the stars have. Like it's just it's just an opportunity. It's a, it's an opportunity for a player that I think has gone is because of other rookies this year is completely flying under the radar outside of Dallas. How how good he's been and how much he's played in key situations, scoring big goals, all these little things that I think just because of other roles rookies have had or what they've had to do, he's been kind of, he's kind of disappeared a little bit, right? Like um, just from the national thing, it's kind of funny. It's like, I remember when uh, Miro Heshkinen's rookie season, Tyler Sagan told me, he was like, we were hoping to be able to hide Miro for a little bit. Well, the starters have been able to hide Wyatt Johnston because he's on a good team. Everyone pays attention to Henson, Robertson, and and all of them, where Baneers has had to be that guy in Seattle. They they, they needed a rookie to step into that spot. Um, Mason McTavish has been very good on a very bad Anaheim team. I don't Mm -hmm. know what else anyone else is going to do on that Anaheim team. So it's 
the same thing you can even say the same thing with uh, with Kent Janssen and with with no T in in Columbus where he's uh he's on a very bad Columbus team and so what they've done by either being elevated to a spot that Johnson hasn't had to be elevated to or playing on a really bad team why it kind of just kind of gets forgotten in all of this and for people who pay attention and watch hockey this will be a good chance for him to remind people why and uh why why and how he he should get some more attention i mean it's uh he just never looks out of place exactly that's that's what's the most amazing i mean you know even in his miro in his rookie year you know but that's because miro was playing so many minutes but you'd say to yourself well he'll learn he'll he'll progress and you know obviously you know you could see some more susceptibility in the you know the defensive zone from a defenseman, but at the same time, like I'm trying to think to myself times that Wyatt Johnston had looked out of place, had looked out of position, had looked as though like, well, you know, he is 19. Like I haven't said that. Like I just forget his age. So, you know, you got to remember this, this is a guy who no one, uh, this is a guy who at the beginning of the year, the the debate was, is he going to remain in Dallas? Is he going to go back for world junior? And it's those debates, became non-debates it just became simple he's a part of this team he's here so yeah um yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun to watch he's uh it was a good i mean it was a good draft pick oh yeah (laughs) there's 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 no doubt about that um it is fascinating to see what seattle's doing and then you look back at the expansion with vegas if expansion comes around again i mean i i just don't know in today's salary cap if there is a way to protect teams from getting pretty good pretty quick. Um, And that kind of leads me to an example of, you know, what I love about expansion is sometimes it gives guys a home that they needed to kind of blossom. And the perfect example of that for Seattle, I'm going to throw a name out there that Stars fans might not be familiar with because it's his fourth team. But Jared McCann is had just gone over 50 points for the second straight year. And this is his fourth team. He was on Vancouver, Florida, and Pittsburgh, and he's never put up 50 points. And here he is two straight years. His plus minus has gotten better. And, you know, he's one of those key, you know, cogs along with another guy, Jordan Everly. So you look at these and it's it's kind of cool to see guys that were important to their team but were good pieces. And then they go to Seattle and people were like, oh, that's too bad for them. But now you see them blossoming. And that's that's a great story. And we saw that with several players in Vegas as well. I'm not sure if I wasn't paying enough attention to Everly or if it's just I, he's actually hit another level with Seattle. But Everly to me, each time I've seen I've seen Seattle in person now. Over the past couple of years, I think I've seen Seattle in person about four or five times just in various places um and every time i've watched them in person just i am always impressed by everly's passing and the way he finds he picks apart small spaces and everything like that it's it's i'm i'm not sure if i just missed it before or if he's found another level but everly is the one where you talk about that and a guy who's seizing a bigger uh space and opportunity i i do want to throw something because as we're talking about seattle i do mm-hmm. want to i do want to talk about something just because it's on the nhl radar and i think it's just kind of your show man fire away it's 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 impossible not to talk about this with the in the state that the with, with the state of texas 
obviously there was more of the murmur. I'll use the word murmurs. I don't even like the word rumors, but there was more of the murmuring the other day about Houston in Atlanta, next round, next round of expansion, teams 33 and 34 coming into the league. Mm-hmm. And just because I just want to hop on this right now real quick, just because it's something that people will obviously there's some great hockey fans in Houston who don't have a team to root for. Mm-hmm. To, I want to try to clarify. I, cause I made some, I was out of curiosity. I did some digging as I do on things and everything. And the NHL, anytime anyone mentions expansion, the next two spots are going to be Houston is going to be one of the next two spots for expansion. The question is not, would it be Houston? The question is, Will the league go past 32 teams? That's the bigger question that for all of the hockey fans out there and everything like that, Gary Bettman does not want to relocate a team. Now, if the Coyotes can't get the arena, that's a whole nother issue. But I, at the end of the day, the the, the Coyotes are going to get their building. I just, it's, it's going to happen. Yep. And so when, so when the NHL expands, I'll use the word when to be optimistic for our Houston-based hockey listeners. When the NHL expands, Houston will be one of the teams. The NHL, like any smart business, wants to have as many, as big of a presence in as many top 10 media markets in the United States as possible. Of the top 15 metro markets TV-wise in the United States, the only two that don't have an NHL team right now are Houston and Atlanta. So, of course, the NHL will listen. If a group says, I want to bring an NHL team to Houston or an NHL team to Atlanta, of course, Gary's picking up the phone. Of course, they're talking. We're talking about a $700 million purchase probably at this point that gets spread around. The NHL's new national TV partner is based in Atlanta and Turner. So when you hear and you see on Twitter where you see someone saying, hey, we're going to see an NHL team in Houston or Atlanta, don't hold your breath know that if it does happen, if the league says we're going to go past 32 teams, Houston will be on the docket. It's not going to be Quebec City. It's not going to be somewhere else in Canada. I actually had once had someone tell me that there'll be an NHL team in London, in London, England, not oh, London, man. Ontario, London, England, before there's an NHL team in Quebec City. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, like, I kind of have firsthand experience, lived in Houston for four years and covered the Houston Arrows. If the NHL does expand, they need to call it the Houston Arrows. Um, 100%. Yeah, that, 100%. there's so much rich history with the Arrows, including Gordy Howe playing for them, including them being a part of, and a big part of the IHL when they used to play in the old Houston Summit. They used to sell that out. What a lot of people don't know is, is that the Arrows were a top five draw in the AHL. When they made the playoffs and when they made a run at the Calder Cup, the now Toyota Center was packing about ten to 12,000. So why did they move? The reason they moved is because the old ownership of the Houston Rockets, which owned the venue in Les Alexander, wanted to double the rent of the Houston Arrows. The AHL loved being in Houston, and they had support, and they loved being close to the airport because it was easy in and out to play other teams. But when that happened, because Alexander said, I can kick you out and make more money on concerts. So that's yeah. why the Wild decided to move their team um, to Des Moines. And so 
I, I say that to say there is a fan base down there. Uh, I would also say, like you mentioned, Sean, the media market is huge. Now, for people saying, you know, well, you know, that's bad for Stars fans in Houston, I got to be honest. I mean, there aren't many, you know, I was there for four years. And when they played the Texas Stars, it wasn't like there was that much more of a draw. Now, granted, it's the Texas Stars. Um, But Mm -hmm. I love also the natural rivalry that it would, uh, you know, develop between Dallas and Houston. Uh, I think that's real cool. A couple other elements people might not be familiar with. The Toyota Center. It is a current venue that is equipped for hockey. It was built for hockey and basketball. So, therefore, they have the locker room space and they have the ability to create a really cool arena for hockey that has sweet capacity. Now, granted, should they build eventually a new arena for basketball and hockey? Just like every city, of course, it's going to happen. But could they start tomorrow and put you know, butts in the seats and sweet holders and everything like that, they sure could. The other thing is Tillman Fertitta, who has expressed an interest. He owns the Houston Rockets, and he's an expressed an interest in someday owning an NHL franchise. So there's interest there. So I think there's just a lot of things. But I would say to people that question if Houston's a viable hockey city, I would say I have firsthand knowledge it absolutely is. And people would go, you know, pretty fanatical if an NHL franchise, if they were drawn that well for AHL, I think they can do the same with the NHL even better. Oh yeah. Yeah. They would, they would draw and they would, they would do well and it would fit well in the league. I mean, it would definitely, and from a Dallas perspective, it would be great to have a travel partner right? Um, where you would have your schedule gets so much easier, not just from having a team in Houston where you have a short little flight over to Houston. You would also have, you would also have other teams would be, you would get better games in Dallas because you would get teams who would go like, okay, they'll do Houston and Dallas on one trip. You would get things like that. And the other thing you just talk about hockey in Texas, it may us, it's probably the only thing that brings another AHL team back to Texas. And Boy, I was get, thinking that. An, yes. You, you get an NHL team in Houston. Yep maybe it's then you get another AHL team in Texas. And so we're talking about adding two teams and we're talking about, we're talking about the Texas stars having a easier life and everything like that. So and San Antonio would be a nice city to put them in. They have a rich history of hockey as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, not like as far as like overall, like huge successes, but once again, they have a venue where they can host an AHL franchise. Well, they, they have, they had the business success. Really what happened yeah. to the rampage was at the end of the day, they got stuck in a spot where mm-hmm. you couldn't find, they, they kept moving, they kept getting in and out of different AHL affiliates. Uh, so they kept them having different NHL affiliates because they weren't owned by an NHL team. Correct. And as NHL affiliates got gobbled up, eventually got to a point where the Vegas Golden Knights were willing to pay a price above above asking rate for an AHL franchise to to buy the, buy and move the team. And yep. that's what happened to the Rampage. It wasn't that the Rampage weren't a success. Yep. It's that eventually when Bill Foley keeps offering Spurs Sports Entertainment money to buy the AHL team, eventually you, you take the deal. And that's what happened. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you think about it like, call-up wise instead of going from san antonio to las vegas it's a 20-minute car ride from henderson to las vegas so yeah i mean it it makes sense from 
you know, a development point of view as well. So, you know, just kind of a fascinating story. I'm so glad you, uh, you know, brought it up. We did have uh, a major injury within the division, and I wanted to ask you with Kirill, yeah. uh, Kaprizov going down, what are your thoughts on the Minnesota Wild, and can they sustain that playoff position, or do you see a team like Calgary moving up? What are your thoughts? I mean, we got to remember, like, they've got – and now it's three or four weeks, so a lot can happen. But, I mean, they're 8-0-2 in their last 10, right? And they, even though Kaprizov got hurt, they won. Uh, they're actually, point-wise, they're only two points behind Dallas. Like, I don't think it's a question. I think I think this Minnesota team has enough of a cushion uh, that making the playoffs is no longer a question for them. I don't think, because, like, Calgary's at they they got a 10 point cushion on Calgary right now with the same amount of games played. That's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I look like I look at the West right now, and aside from maybe Calgary jumping Winnipeg, I, I think we have our eight teams in the playoffs in the West. Like I I I maybe Calgary, maybe Winnipeg goes on a bit of a falls off and everything like that. But I think Winnipeg is going to be that annoying second wild card team that gets in and mm-hmm. plays. And so I think we may have our eight. I think we have our eight teams already. Um, I do think the cappers of injury takes Minnesota out of the central division title race. I do think, I, th- I think it goes from a team where you're thinking you're it goes from a team that ah, they could catch Dallas. They could take the central to they are now more so worried about holding off Colorado and just is Colorado going to charge up in the last 19 games to, to, to try and move into, to, to try and take this division. I, I think that's where the cappers of injury has its impact. I think it shapes the central division title race where Dallas, uh, Dallas is bigger looming threat. I think is still Colorado who has two games in hand and, uh, and, and we all know has that switch, right? And we just don't know when they're going to hit it. So I'm paraphrasing your thoughts here. You're saying all this Minnesota success is because of Ryan Reeves. That's what you're saying. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to get my Reeves plug in, right? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, everywhere uh, he goes, they win. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's yeah. like a Patrick Maroon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but by, by the way, did you see the spear the other day? Uh, yes. the wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. I mean, I it listen, if Corey Perry faked that, that's one thing, but I, I don't know. I mean, because Lud said it didn't hit him directly, but I'm like, man, I'd go down if that hit me like that. That was uh oh. yeah, interesting. Well, Corey Perry also has been on both sides of that exchange in his career. Too. He knows exactly how to uh, he knows exactly how to react to make sure that it uh, it reaches the uh, it reaches the people who uh, who review such things. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're you're absolutely right. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, the pride of Victoria's family, Jamie Ben, comes down to uh, see the next couple of games in uh, Seattle. So it'll be. Uh, It'll be fun. I, I kind of like this back to back, kind of like a throwback NHL where it's going to get maybe chippy in the second game, and you know, um, you know, like I said, both teams in playoff contention, and um, you know, that's a that's a really cool you know barn, and the fans are into it, and you know, I give a lot of credit to the NHL with their expansion teams. They've 
hit the jackpot. Um, so it's been pretty impressive. My man, have an awesome weekend. Enjoy all the hockey around you. Oh, I wanted to ask you one more thing. You were very active on Twitter about trade deadline, and then trades can happen after the deadline. And one of the things I love to do is educate our Spits and Suds listeners. So if you could elaborate on that and how (laughs) trades can happen after the trade deadline, can the players play? We saw a trade this week where the Coyotes made a trade. Let us know mm-hmm. the info. So, yeah, so the trade deadline is a deadline to play in the NHL this season trade-wise. So if a player is traded after the quote-unquote NHL trade deadline, the trade can still happen. There's nothing stopping it from happening. It just means that player cannot play in the NHL um, for his new team in the regular season or the playoffs this year. And it's something where, so that's why when you see trades happening, it's typically those minor league guys where the AHL, tra- the AHL trade deadline is actually today. Um, the AHL trade deadline is in about an hour and a half. There's not, not many moves happen at the AHL trade deadline. Cause obviously it's all uh, it's, it's teams controlled by NHL teams from the top, but you do see, these trades are made basically where Arizona, it was a Stephen Camper trade from Detroit to Arizona. Stephen Camper, Grand Rapids is not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, Arizona's uh, Tucson will make the playoffs. And so they were looking to kind of beef up a little bit. And so you're seeing teams make moves like that where they can bring guys in. Um, I, it's, uh, the other, the other place where it could happen theoretically, um, but wouldn't in very, I don't know if it's ever happened. This is a great trivia question. We should look this up, but there's also in, in theory, you could make a, a trade for a long-term piece where you're like, Hey, we're two teams are out of the playoffs, right? Like last week of the season, you could, you could make a trade for a guy who's still has term and, and make that move that even though he wouldn't be able to play the last two games of the season or something like that, you, you could do something like that as well. So it's uh, there's never a time GMs GMs can always make a trade is the moral of the story. No matter, no matter what, even if it just depends on, it just depends on what season you're talking about the guy being able to play in the postseason. <laughs> wow. All right. And that's why you listen to Spits and Suds, because you get these knowledge bombs from my man, uh, Sean Shapiro. So thank you so much, sir. Have a great weekend. And once again, we urge you to spread the word and tell your friends that there is a local show. This time, we did four episodes this week. So we're trying to give you as much hockey knowledge as possible, as well as talk about the stars, the NHL, all the happenings. And you can contribute to our program as well. Hit Sean up in at Twitter. He's easy to find. You can hit me up at GJ Spittle and just ask us questions. Happy to answer and bring them on to the program. So that's going to do it for a Friday edition of Spits and Suds. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hopefully the Stars can pull off two points this weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.